Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow, here to tell you about my Giza Dream bed sheets. I made sure that they would be everything you'd ever want in a sheet set. I started with the world's finest cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all meet. The long staple cotton makes my Giza Dream sheets ultra soft and durable. They come with extra wide pillowcases to fit over any pillow and extra deep pockets to fit over any mattress. Not only that, they come with my 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And now you can get the best sheets ever for the best price ever. When you buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheet sets, you'll get another one absolutely free. I personally guarantee that they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. This is Renegade Talk Radio. Renegade Talk Radio. You're tuned in to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Good morning, Info Warriors. Soldiers of the Army of the Awakened, it is an honor and a pleasure to be here today speaking to you on this sacred network. You know, I was watching uh, Alex's War this weekend, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later this morning. Uh, But what a fabulous documentary uh, that was made about Alex Jones and the work that has been done on this network. I highly recommend it. And, you know, one of the interesting things that I noticed uh, was that there were there were some clips that I'd actually seen before of Alex when I believe he was 27 years old on September 12th of 2001. So the day after 9-11. And I just wanted to show you this next clip that was put together from some highlights of that episode, uh, which I had the pleasure of watching uh, and was reminded to include in the show today uh, when I saw Alex's War this weekend. So check out uh, this clip of Alex from September 12th. September 12th, 2001. I'm Alex Jones, your host. On 9-11, on 9-11 of September 2001, yesterday, as we do this show live, A mass bombing that I have predicted for the last five years occurred. They are going to now use terrorism as a pretext to destroy our civil liberties. I believe from all of the evidence before us that I'm about to cover, either the government actually carried out this bombing themselves, the New World Order occupational government, to create the crisis, to offer the solution, or, ladies and gentlemen, they allowed terrorists somewhere in the world who were state-sponsored because of the sophistication of this to engage in this sinister activity. You are now going to see a massive response, an all-out covert war with assassinations of leaders in Middle Eastern nations, uh, special forces being unleashed globally. They need terrorism as a pretext to bring in the modern police state. They're telling you, give up your liberty for security. Now, I have Kissinger on tape saying this. Now, here's the question I have for you out there. How does giving up liberty for security safeguard is give me total power and don't question me and everything will be all right. This is why this helps the government. This is why they would want to do this, because it's about power, ladies and gentlemen. That's all it's ever been about. And they know exactly what they're doing. Isn't that just amazing uh, how prophetic Alex Jones uh, was? I think he was just 27 years old when that was when that was filmed, if I did the math correctly. And, um, you know, he's he's still uh, uh, just as prophetic 
as he ever has been. And he's really proven himself, I think, to uh, be an American hero over the uh, last couple of decades with with the content that he's created, the predictions that he's made and fighting the good fight despite all odds for the truth for America. And, you know, I think it's interesting. I was thinking a little bit about censorship the other day. And it occurs to me that there's not really any need to censor a lie. Historically speaking, it seems like most censorship is is primarily focused on censoring the truth, right? Whether whether it's uh, uh, whether it's fiction or 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 actually historical, right? Because of course, Nath, uh, uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne said that uh, fiction is a lie that tells the truth, right? So we have examples of literature being censored, but usually it's because there's something about it that's true, that's offensive to the powers that be, the establishment, the elite, and you know, I just think it's I, I just think it's so telling. Uh, um, uh, everything that we're going through now and the censorship that we're seeing, uh, uh, it's really a testament to this this truth that is spreading because of Infowars and, and other influencers and other people in the space who, who are brave enough to proclaim it. And no matter how hard the establishment tries to shut it down, there's really nothing that they can do. The tighter they squeeze the truth, the more it slips through their fingers, so to speak. Um, and I'm really excited to uh, have this uh, time with you this morning. So you have a great show. Next up, we're actually going to talk a little bit more about censorship and why big tech may be censoring us. Are they being pressured by the government to censor us? Is it just because of company culture within these big tech corporations that is uh, uh, pushing this censorship on Americans? Or is there something more sinister at work? So after this segment, we'll be right back and we're going to talk more about censorship. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this scene, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Censorship, folks. Ever since 2016, before that, really, but really in 2016, when President Trump was elected president of the United, Sp- United States, despite all odds, despite all polls, that's when we saw the censorship really kick in. And of course, these platforms and these government officials claim that censorship is in order to prevent the incitement of violence or in order to protect the safety of a people, uh, whether it's to protect their feelings um, or their actual lives and property. Censorship is is deemed necessary, but we really saw it kick in in 2016 after Trump was elected. And what's unclear is whether or not this censorship has been an effort of the political elite. Uh, Have they actually been the instigators of of this censorship? Or is this something that we're just seeing in these big tech tech platforms as a result of, of a woke company culture is it just the is it just the employees applying pressure on upper management to censor us let's take a look at this clip um it's clip 13 uh, where i talk a little bit about censorship with the famous first amendment attorney ron coleman but the idea that youtube is getting into the business of deciding winners and losers in the medical treatment field just seems like such a bad for, you know, from from a general counsel point of view, and they have really smart people working for them. So they've been through this. That's the amazing thing. That's what I find fascinating is that these conversations have been 
and are taking have taken place and are taking place. And the decision was made to still go ahead and do this as as intuitively ridiculous as the decision seems from a legal point. There's got to be some other risk that they're avoiding that is not immediately clear. Well put. So what pressure is being put on these platforms? Is it the actual government pressuring these platforms to censor? Is it something that they're doing out of fear of regulatory repercussion? This reminds me of in 2016, after the Trump election, there was all sorts of criticism of Facebook, particularly in association with the Cambridge Analytica scandal. And I'm not sure if you recall, but basically what happened was Cambridge Analytica uh, was accused of leaking sensitive information to Russia in particular, and that information was deemed used by nefarious actors to target uh, swing voters and uh, voters just in general, whether the Democrats uh, or Republicans, in order to manipulate them into either voting for Trump or staying home if they were so inclined to vote for Hillary. And you may recall that Mark Zuckerberg came to Congress to speak. I don't know if it was in front of the, the Senate or the House uh, that he spoke, but you know he wore a suit and he ref- it was it must have been the Senate because I remember him saying Senator, Senator, Senator over and over again. He was trying to be abundantly polite, and it was very clear to me that this billionaire sort of tech influencer, just mogul, was intimidated by the threat of Congress. Right? He was abundantly polite on time, not defensive, as cooperative as as possible. And I was thinking to myself as I watched this. Why is Zuckerberg even there? I mean, he could just sort of say, hey, to hell with you guys. Facebook didn't do anything wrong. I'm not coming in. Or he could have had an attitude. He could have done anything. But he was so compliant and so willing to be as helpful as possible and so overwhelmingly polite that it really just sort of gave me the sense that he felt a tremendous amount of pressure. And we, we see this all the time from, from politicians, whether it's Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, that they're tweeting out and they're saying, you know, these big tech companies need to be split up or broken up or, 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 or hate speech needs to be regulated on these platforms. And every time that politicians do this, it applies pressure to these specific businesses, right? And so the government we know is obligated by the Constitution to protect our freedom of speech. We have the right to say what we want to say as long as we're not inciting violence um, or, or, or endangering the community, right? There's very specific things that one is not allowed to say. But other than those very specific things, the freedom of speech is protected in the United States. And so the government can't regulate our speech directly But what they seem to be doing, what these politicians seem to be doing, what the political class seems to be doing is applying pressure directly to these big tech corporate institutions in order to outsource the violation of our First Amendment rights. So if the government can't do it, they might as well have these private businesses do it for them. And it seems clear to me based on the Cambridge Analytica uh, information that we're seeing, all the censorship that we saw uh, over the course of the COVID pandemic, it seems abundantly clear to me that the government is guiding these institutions, these, these, these federal institutions that are supposed to represent us and protect our rights. These institutions are guiding these private entities 
in terms of how to form their policies around what the terms and conditions are, what the what the safety policies are, what the speech policies are. And I think that we really we really see this catalyzed starting in 2016. Of course there was censorship before that, but it really took off in 2016 after Trump was elected and the leftists and the globalists couldn't handle it, frankly. And they started by lying and making up the Russian collusion hoax. And simultaneously, in conjunction with their lies in a fascist method, they censored the truth. Anyone who spoke the truth, any influencer that was deemed antagonistic to the globalist or political agenda, we saw one after one censored, deplatformed, removed, silenced. Some of them losing their businesses if they were relying on these platforms in order to drive traffic to their websites or, or their businesses. But they censored them regardless. And frankly, we know that freedom of speech does not cause a danger to society because the internet was the Wild West in 2011. You could say whatever you wanted 10 years ago on the internet, and we didn't see an abundance of violence or hate or bigotry in those times. So this excuse that we hear from either these platforms or these politicians that it's, it's in the interest of public safety to censor this or that they're protecting the truth and, and, and protecting us from lies by enacting this censorship is, is really just baloney. Because if that were the case, then they, then they should have been doing it the whole time or we'd see a difference now in the, the amount of violence or hate crime or issues. We'd see a difference, uh, an improvement since they started doing the censorship, but we're not really seeing that at all. And what I want to do is just sort of emphasize this leftist fascism that we're seeing uh, with this one clip here, clip number nine, where we can see a similarity between the Biden administration uh, rhetoric and uh, a, a certain fascist party. You've been patient. Our patience is wearing thin. And your refusal has cost all of us. For those of you listening, that was uh, um, Goebbels saying basically the exact same thing that Biden said. I want to talk a little bit, though, before the next break about bodies, which is the perfect answer to whole body support. It's now back in stock at 25% off. It's used as a medicinal herb for thousands of years. Turmeric is one of the most studied ingredients known today. Paired with black pepper, bodies is turmeric supplement that takes advantage of the power of turmeric with over 95% of its active ingredients. Because turmeric contains some of the most powerful antioxidants, we decided to pair it with other powerful ingredients, including five different herbs and extracts for the ultimate boost for you and your family. With these ingredients, Bodies is a true 360 win that can help you with either joint support, mobility support, flexibility support, and inflammation support. Powerful ingredients inside your bottle of Bodies include turmeric root extract with 95% curcuminoids, Boswellia, serrata extract, organic spearmint, sage, lemon balm, and thyme leaves. With piperine and curcuminoids, Bodies will help you take control of your body and feel the power of turmeric like never before. Don't wait until it's almost out of stock again. Support your immune system with the powerful ancient ingredient turmeric with Bodies at 25% off from InfoWars Life, InfoWarsStore.com. Check it out. Get a bottle. We are now living in the void. 
sliding towards collapse in the strange space between what we've known and what's to come. And right now, the most important thing to remember is don't panic. Stay calm, because now is the time that we must get our bearings and steer the ship onto a safe, sound course. There is nothing stopping we the people from making our own rules and building our own society. All we got to do is survive the crash. And right now, we still have time to prepare. The world fiat currency system is racing towards zero. It's time to convert it into hard assets now, including food, water, and survival gear to keep us strong and at the ready. Go to preparetoday.com for the essentials, storable foods, water filtration, first aid, power, and more at preparetoday.com. If you're like myself and so many other people on this planet, especially as you get older, you gain weight, even if you eat a lot less. But I got to tell you, InfoWars is only about bringing you amazing products that really work. So we looked at the supplement market that we fund a lot of our operations with, and we said, what are the best-selling, natural, healthy, anti-fat weight loss products that are out there? We went and looked at the top 10, and they all had the same ingredients in common that is in this product. But with our new product from X7, Diet Force, we got the very best concentrates of these known natural essences that just do amazing things for your body. And so I've lost almost 40 pounds, I'm still a little bit overweight, in the last three months, and I've been doing it using Diet Force and also exercise. Well, now Diet Force is exclusively available right now at InfoWarsStore.com, 40% off. InfoWarsStore.com, Diet Force. You need to take this product. It really works. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. talk a little bit about the Hunter Biden laptop. Now, I don't want to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop in order to tell you any breaking news or 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 share with you any outrageous video or piece of content that was recently found. I think that we're all familiar with the amount of corruption and the atrocities that are documented on that laptop to some degree. I spoke with the great Jack Maxey last year in September of 2021 about some of the details of the laptop content. Of course, I will share some clips with you this morning from that conversation. But the reason that I want to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop is not in an effort to make a cheap shot at the Biden family or the Biden administration. This is not some one-off scandal that we're seeing with this Biden laptop situation, this is indicative of a greater problem. Now, we hear a lot of talk in the realm of conspiracy theories uh, about the military-industrial complex, right? We're always at war because of the military-industrial complex. People want to make money selling ammunition, selling tanks, developing new technology. These major corporations stand to make millions and billions of dollars every time we're in an armed conflict. Therefore, there is incentive among these companies to catalyze such conflicts. And we've seen it time and time again, basically since the end of World War II. Some would argue it started before that, but really since the end of World War II, we have seen the work of the military-industrial complex 
get the United States of America into countless unnecessary conflicts, some of which were catalyzed by black flag operations and not legitimate needs for American national security interests. But I think there's something a little bit more pervasive than the military-industrial complex. I actually think there is a greater complex under which the military-industrial complex resides. And I call it the political-industrial complex. Because as you know, our politicians don't actually make a substantial amount of money from the roles that they fill. Congress members don't make that much money being in Congress. Senators don't make that much money being in Congress. Frankly, the president of the United States only makes $400,000 a year. Of course, President Trump only took $1 a year of that salary. I'm sure Joe Biden is actually taking the full $400,000. But you got to use that money, you know, for aneurysm operations and things of that nature. It's expensive out there, even for a Biden. But there's the political industrial complex, and this is how our politicians actually make their money. It is the corruption. It is the use of power in order to manipulate the value of their stock portfolios, which we've seen famously with the Nancy Pelosi stock portfolio tracker Twitter, which I believe was briefly censored. I think it's back now. But we really see the evidence of how this works within the context of the Hunter Biden laptop. Because the Hunter Biden laptop isn't just a slew of videos and images of underage girls or a slew of videos and images of Hunter using drugs or spending time with prostitutes, but it's actually indicative of the corruption and the abuse of the power of the office of the vice presidency primarily in order to gain financially, personally, for Hunter and Joe. So I want to show you a clip, and we're going to do a number of these. This is clip 20 coming up, where Jack Maxey told me a little bit about Hunter's corruption with a Romanian oligarch. Go ahead and play that. What happens is Hunter has a corrupt oligarch in Romania, a criminal. And the reason Hunter is friends with this guy and the reason Hunter has a business relationship with this guy, like very many of these criminals around the world, I believe the Chinese set it up. And this guy is going to help grease the skids for the sale of the Ploeste oil fields in Romania. Very small oil field by today's standards. But if you remember World War II, Ploeste oil fields were the last source of oil, gasoline, etc., for the Nazi regime. More probably Army Air Corps men were killed bombing that airfield than were killed bombing Berlin. American air power operating from North Africa made a daring but costly attack upon the Romanian refineries. 75 years later, Hunter's trying to sell that to the communist Chinese, that blood-soaked soil of our patriots, of our grandfathers, the communist Chinese. That was just one of many stories that Jack Maxey told me. And like I said, we will share more clips from that conversation in the next segment. But it goes to show the creative ways in which the political class can use their power in order to financially gain for themselves. Joe Biden, as vice president of the United States, was able to share a bank account with Hunter Biden. 
was able to leverage his position indirectly as vice president through Hunter in order to monetize it. He figured out a way to make more than just the salary of a vice president of the United States while he was vice president by pawning his son out to the world, to global interests, basically every interest except the interests of the United States of America. And by leveraging his son, he was able to create enough distance from himself and from these schemes as to not really be caught in an explicitly obvious way until Hunter left his laptop behind, famously. And of course, we were talking about censorship earlier, and we know that the media lied about the nature of the laptop, claiming that it was Russian disinformation, just as they claimed that the 2016 presidential election was illegitimate because it was Russian collusion. We know that they lied about it because they admitted that they were wrong about it. And they were informed, of course, by the official intelligence community. So the intelligence community was lying about it, which means that they knew that this corruption was taking place. And instead of bringing this corruption to justice, instead of establishing justice for the citizens of the United States of America, they chose to allow this injustice to perpetuate. Even in the context of knowing that this criminal behavior extended beyond just the national security threat to the United States that it was, but into the realm of child abuse. Who is there left to fight for the innocent if our own government won't stand up for liberty? This is the last frontier, folks. There is no further west for us to go. This is the last beacon of freedom, and if we don't fix the corruption and the injustice that's happening within our own borders, then it may not manifest again until the ultimate manifestation of globalism is actualized, collapse. So if we don't want to face a total collapse of the world and its governments and its civilizations and its people before we experience freedom again, then we have to find a way to fight for this country, to reawaken it. So share InfoWars with everyone you know, everyone you can. Share band.video. Make sure you're spreading the word, spreading the truth, because the war is not over, and the truth always comes out. Be on the right side of history, folks. The globalists are fighting around the clock to destroy the family, to destroy heterosexual relationships, to annihilate our marriages. And the studies are all clear. The number one cause of marital splits is that there is problems in the bedroom. And the number one issue men have is erectile dysfunction. Ladies and gentlemen, the left makes big jokes about this because they don't want people having lasting, good, loving relationships. They want to break up society. And we are so excited to have the number one natural male enhancement pill in the world available as a major sponsor now. Go to theironpatriot.com today. Theironpatriot.com. And watch the instructional video. Look at the science for yourself. And then get a bottle of Instahart. It's discreet shipping. I've used it. It's amazing. And it's not just for folks that have problems in the bedroom. This also enhances it. So again, get yours today at theironpatriot.com. Infowars.com.
is tomorrow's news today. In the last segment, folks, you're listening to the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. In the last segment, we were talking about Hunter Biden laptop and the political industrial complex. So not just the military industrial complex, but the whole political industrial complex. Those that make money off of their power, regardless of the industry that it's in. And I want to talk more about the Hunter laptop. And again, I want to emphasize the fact that this is not an effort to simply embarrass Hunter Biden or show the world how bad of a father Joe Biden must be having raised such an atrocious human being. This is not simple tabloid embarrassment stuff, but this is actual content from the laptop, evidence from the laptop that shows a deep-seated, a deep-rooted corruption. And we know this corruption is there because obviously the contents of the laptop prove that there was corruption going on. But we also know that the corruption extends beyond just the Biden administration because so many different parties were involved in this corruption. And the intelligence community knew about it and covered it up. And frankly, I wonder if Hunter is, is, is simply an informant at this point because there is no explanation other than total corruption as to why he, he isn't in prison. But I want to talk a little bit about how the political industrial complex can abuse their power in order to financially gain personally. With this next clip, we're going to talk a little bit about exploiting global tragedy. We're going to do clip 18 on the Hunter Biden Haiti grift. Whenever you're ready, fire it up. There's not a grift that they wouldn't do. After the Haitian earthquake, I have emails sent from Rajiv Shah at USAID that are titled communications between the Secretary of State Clinton and the ambassador from Haiti. And it's so that Hunter and his grifty friends can get the fresh water contracts for a nation of dying, suffering people and make money. Let no tragedy go unnoticed, unexploited, right? So anytime anything happens that involves international contracts or federal contracts, there is an opportunity for the political class, the political elite, their friends and family to secure contracts for themselves. And this is not just a Democrat or a leftist issue. This is something that we see with, with the right as well. Basically, anyone in the political class you can find that is that, that has been guilty of this throughout history time and time again. But we have the advantage with the Hunter Biden laptop of just having an overwhelming amount of evidence and details regarding this particular instance. And so I'm not actually even making the claim that the Biden administration is particularly more malicious than other members of our government, other representatives that we've elected or senators that we've given the responsibility of leading our country. But we know, based on this evidence, this evidence that we know to be true, the details of how deep-rooted this corruption is, has been, how long-standing it was over the course of years, with this next clip I want to talk a little bit about how Joe Biden seems to have compromised the national security interests of the United States regarding China in clip number 16 to exploit his power as president, excuse me, vice president, and financially gain for his family. Check it out. 
Joe Biden has two functions that he's given by by Barack Obama, right? Give some, give the uh, vice president something to do to keep him out of your hair. One, China. He was going to make sure that the Chinese kept the South China Sea lanes open for transit of any sort, right? This is a 150-year aim of the United States Navy, declared aim. And all Biden has to do is go over there and convince them to stop building, uh, you know, these landfill islands in the middle of that sea lane, which essentially are aircraft carriers designed to put American children at the bottom of the sea. Biden fails. Two months later, Hunter gets a $1.5 billion deal to create a private equity fund with the communist Chinese with money from the Bank of China. So compromising the national security interests of the United States in order to secure multi-million dollar deals for his son, it really seems that there was some bad action going on there, some bad acting, some bad actors, some true, genuine corruption. These are the types of things that the January 6th committee should be investigating instead of January 6th. These congressional committees need to be set up in order to investigate Things like this, real corruption, right? Not just an excuse to make campaign snippets or propaganda against a former president of the United States, someone who's not even the president of the United States anymore. I don't even think that there was anti-Nixon propaganda made after he resigned from the presidency in the face of, of, of impeachment. So it's, it's just astounding to me how we have this abundance of evidence Basically proof. I mean, nothing's proven until a jury rules on it. But the evidence is so overwhelming, and it's astounding to me that this goes totally ignored, totally unnoticed. It's almost not even mentioned by Republican leaders. Some mention it. There are some who have spoken out against the corruption that is is outlined in the contents of the Hunter Biden laptop. But for the most part, Republicans sat quietly, and we know that they had the laptop for an extended period of time before it leaked in full or the contents of Hunter's phone leaked in full on 4chan. I do want to show you another clip about the CCP and Burisma. Of course, Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma, which is a Ukrainian energy company. And we want to listen to Jack Maxey share with us. I think it's clip number 11. I can't read my own handwriting. But we want to listen to Jack Maxey share with us how he thinks the CCP might have been involved in getting Hunter Biden on the board of Burisma. My contention is that Hunter and his Devin Archer both got their jobs at Burisma at the behest of the communist Chinese. Because every time they were flying around the world at the, on behalf of the cover of Burisma, they were going to Kazakhstan to try and purchase oil fields for the communist Chinese. They were down in Mexico trying to buy uh, the offshore fields on the Yucatan for the communist Chinese. Remember that oil f- well that we saw, the gas was flaring up right out of the water. The same exact oil fields they were trying to buy for the communist Chinese. Right on our back doorstep, while Joe Biden was vice president, his son was trying to broker a deal to sell those to the communist Chinese. The objective was that they were going to take over those fields. Instead of flaring off the gas, they were going to capture the gas, pipe it to shore, build a pipeline across the isthmus of the Yucatan and build an LNG plant 
right on the Pacific coast of Mexico to service China. Why? Because China wants energy independence. They don't want the U.S. to have any control over their future. And Biden's done multiple things to make sure that happens. Even more menacing is the additional evidence that has come out regarding the corruption with Burisma. Now, it's been a minute since I've looked at the details, so I'm going to do the best I can to give you accurate information. You may want to take it with a grain of salt. But my understanding is that Rosemont Seneca, Hunter Biden's investment firm, was heavily invested in a bio research company called Metabiota. And Metabiota was actually involved in biolabs in Ukraine. And the interesting thing about that, based on the information that I've looked at that's leaked from the laptop, is that Zolchevsky, who was the chairman of the board of Burisma, was actually one of the largest investors in Metabiota. And Metabiota, I believe, received a 24 or $27 million Department of Defense contract while Joe Biden was vice president, of course, paying Zolchevsky, who was, of course, paying Hunter Biden. This is how the political industrial complex works. It's money laundering through government contracts back into the very pockets of the power holders, the decision makers who can sign off on these contracts, on this spending. We've got to shut it down, folks. We have to cut the political industrial complex off. We have to hold our politicians accountable and make sure that we have increased transparency. Call your senators, your reps, put pressure on corruption in D.C. InfoWars has been vindicated. We've been proven right. World government, the new world order is out in the open. And now more than ever, the forces of Satan are trying to shut down this broadcast. The forces of anti-human, godless new world order are out of control. So now realize, we have pushed them out in the light. We have pushed them out in the open, and they are so upset, and they are so scared. So while you still can, because any day can be our last broadcast, spread the word about the show, share the articles, share the videos, and please fund us. We'll get great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. Books, films, t-shirts, great supplements, vitamin mineral fusion, body cells of turmeric formula, Ultra 12, Diet Force, so much more right now at InfoWarsStore.com. But whatever you do, Pray for justice and pray for freedom and pray for the children and pray for free speech and justice to win. Thank you so much for joining us. Now spread the word, my friends. We're involved in an epic, historic battle. It's time to show them what a real alpha male looks like with one of our most powerful Hello, products. Hello, this is what it sounds like. Alpha Power. As you age, your body can lose testosterone over time. With the incredible ingredients in this formula, we can help you beat the test of time and assist in restoring that lost energy and mood that comes with time and age. Alpha Power's incredible ingredients can help you boost your sports performance or enhance your day-to-day life with ease while encouraging hormonal balance. Perfect by itself or with super male vitality in the true alpha male pack. Alpha Power can help boost performance, help maintain normal testosterone levels, support healthy cholesterol, and more. Let Alpha Power help bring you to the peak of your optimal health. Don't fall short on energy in the fight against tyranny. Show the world what a true alpha male looks like today with Alpha Power. Head to InfoWarsStore.com today.
You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. You're listening to The American Journal with your guest host, Chase Geyser, host of One American Podcast. All right, folks. Talked about censorship today. Talked about the legacy of Alex Jones briefly at the beginning. We talked about the Hunter Biden laptop, the corruption evidenced by it, and the difference between the political industrial complex and the military industrial complex, and how the greater problem is actually all the political corruption and not just that which is related to national security. Of course, national security corruption can be abundantly lucrative. But next, I want to talk a little bit about the reclassification of political opposition. Political opposition specifically to the left. The left has reclassified their political opposition as domestic terrorism. Of course, we've heard racist or bigoted or white supremacy, but now it's really extended beyond into the classification of domestic terrorism. I want to show you a clip, just the first 15 seconds of clip number eight, where this sort of first uh, broke in to the conversation in the national media narrative. Check it out. And we won't ignore what our intelligence agencies have determined to be the most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today. White supremacy is terrorism. We're not going to ignore that either. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. The white supremacy's terrorism has been deemed among the greatest threats to national security, certainly the greatest terrorist threat to the United States, despite the fact that we abruptly left Afghanistan, leaving behind millions upon millions of dollars of equipment, equipment that I don't know why they didn't give Ukraine since we're giving them all of our money now. Why didn't we just ship it from Afghanistan to Ukraine then? All that equipment that we left in the hands of terrorists. So white supremacy is a greater problem than that, apparently. White supremacy is a greater threat to national security than the globalist agenda, than the potential World War III catalyzed by NATO's behavior and Russia's aggression. It's a greater threat than the Chinese Communist Party, who's been responsible for tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of deaths since its inception. And why is it that Biden would make such a claim? It's not really a major issue. It's not something that the Democrats, or certainly not the Democrat voters, were imploring Biden to, to, to do, to say, to confess, to proclaim. What is the incentive? I think it may have to do with the fact that if you are classified as a terrorist, you don't have the same rights as a standard American citizen, as a, stat, a standard citizen of the United States. If you are guilty of terrorism or classified as a terrorist, you don't have the same Fourth Amendment rights, the same due process rights, the same privacy protections. Everything changes 
if you're not just a criminal, but a terrorist. So are we seeing the Department of Justice, the leftists, the leftist White House, the political industrial complex, the political class redefine their political optimization as terrorist so they can wield the full power of the federal government, the military industrial complex, the intelligence community, and the Department of Justice against political optimization, excuse me, against political opposition in an effort to weaken, intimidate, or frighten people away from supporting opponents of the leftist regime. Let's take a look at this clip of a conversation that I had with Colkin on domestic terrorism. I, I had a client, I had another client uh, who was uh, picked up right after 9-11. And uh, he was picked up with uh, in the Jacksonville airport with a taser and a flight manifest for the D.C. area and um, went to Embry-Riddle Flight School, which is the same flight school that the terrorists went to. Ooh, so a lot of red flags. And yeah. This guy disappeared. They you don't know what happened to him? I never heard. Nope. Okay. Nope. So he may be dead. He may be alive. He could be at Gitmo. He could be... Wor- no, nobody knows? No idea. No idea. <sighs> he was in custody. In custody. And, and, and we were his lawyer. And he was just... And completed the immigration case. And then he was gone. So do you think that the reason that they're trying to like classify Americans as domestic terrorists is so that they have just more leeway and just disappearing political dissidents? Of course. It's also so that, of course, because of what, this is what they do. They, they say this is a domestic terrorist. So it destroys their life. The Department of Homeland Security just put up on their website that that right now they believe that Speech that erodes confidence in the federal government is a is a terrorist activity. So that means that if you're exercising this conversation right here can make us domestic terrorists if if it erodes confidence in the federal government. And I have been working with the, against the federal government for 25 years, and trust me, I ain't got any confidence in them. They can redefine terrorism so broadly as to be a label applicable to anyone. And then they can selectively apply that accusation to political opposition. And once that label is applied to a political opponent, it totally changes the nature of their rights and the way that they are treated in the judicial system to the point where Mr. Colkin here didn't even know what happened to his client after the initial case was over. Usually, you know, we have a right to a lawyer and our lawyer usually knows how things are going for us. But if you are deemed a domestic terrorist, you're not going to have any rights anymore. Your assets can be seized. You can be disappeared. We cannot allow the federal government to empower itself in this way. And it's subtle, but it's overwhelmingly saturated. The way that this corruption seeps and festers in our institutions. I haven't seen anything like it in the United States historically up until this point. I think that the, the political establishment was so off-put by an outsider in President Trump gaining power by this new populist movement 
holding politicians and the political class accountable for the first time in the only way they knew how, by voting for President Trump, the only candidate with the courage to actually proclaim a populist message, the only candidate with the courage to run for office with only risk to himself. I think he's one of perhaps two presidents in the history of the United States who's actually left office with a smaller net worth than when he entered it. And had we not had someone like Trump run, I can't imagine how corrupt things would be today, how much worse things would be today. But we can't just rely on Trump, regardless of whether you support him for 2024 or not. As populists, as patriots, as Americans, we have to establish the infrastructure to have a sustainable, populist, pro-American, honest, working-class movement that does not lean on the charisma or the power of any one individual or any one leader, but can sustain throughout time. We need victory after victory in every election cycle for 20 years. This is a war, folks. It's called InfoWars for a reason. It's a war for the truth. And there are many battles within wars. You win some and you lose some. But if we want to win this war, we need to start winning battles over and over again, time after time. Next, I want to talk to you a little bit about Alex's war. I watched Alex's war this weekend. It was awesome. I highly recommend that you check out the documentary Alex's War. Thanks to supporters like you, Alex's War is now opening in 20 cities and counting across the country. It's really good for you to go out, buy a ticket, and see it in theaters. You can get it online too. I watched it online. But if it's airing in a town that you're in or nearby, I highly recommend that you go and show support because the more people who buy tickets, the longer the film actually stays in these theaters the longer it has placement, and the more, more exposure that it's going to get to the general public. We want to encourage the general public to see Alex's War, to see this brand, to transcend all of the censorship. Screens are in Hollywood, Santa Monica, Waterloo, Addison, Illinois, O'Fallon, Illinois, Granville, Cape Gerardu, Missouri, Lake Ozark, Missouri, Elk River, Minnesota, Oakdale, Minnesota, and many more towns. Check out Alex's War. It's a very fair great entertaining and enlightening documentary you will love it as i did the number one selling category in supplements worldwide is fat burners is weight loss formulas and listen there are hundreds of them out there that work but most of them do it in a toxic way ladies and gentlemen we went out and did deep research on the safest healthiest ways to take your overall body's metabolic system and your metabolism and turn that clock back by turning up your metabolism. Ladies and gentlemen, Diet Force does it in a clean, healthy way. It's amazing. I've almost lost 40 pounds in the last three months just using the samples of it. But now it's come into the InfoWars store and is ready for sale to you and your family exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. Diet Force from X7, exclusively available at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. I want you to experience Diet Force for yourself. I can't wait for the reviews because it's worked great for me. You're watching the American. 
American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Folks, I'm going to talk a little bit about the gold standard and inflation. Ultimately, I'm going to try to tie this into the ultimate globalist, leftist political class agenda for you, the American citizen. Famously, Nixon brought us off of the gold standard in the 70s. You can look up the clip of him explaining why he did that. The claim was that the removal of the gold standard was in an effort to combat speculators who were exploiting the situation and potentially harming the dollar. Of course, there are other theories as to why we really removed ourselves from the gold standard, namely the theory that we perhaps didn't actually have any gold anymore, given that we overspent on conflicts overseas, particularly Vietnam. And when other nations asked for their gold in exchange for the dollars they had, we knew that we could not fulfill those demands and so removed the dollar from the gold standard, thus rendering it a true fiat. And so I wanted to ask the most famous fan of Richard Nixon what he thought about Nixon's decision to bring us off of the gold standard here in clip 25. Let's hear what Mr. Roger Stone has to say about Nixon's decision. A lot of people are critical of Nixon for, for drawing us off the gold standard. What are your thoughts on the state of our currency and, and Nixon's involvement? Was it really his fault that we came off the gold standard, or was he doing a necessary thing because we overspent in prior administrations? What are your thoughts on Nixon's role? Uh, I think that uh, t- taking us off the gold standard, closing the gold window, was probably his single greatest mistake. You can blame former Texas governor and secretary of the Treasury, John Connolly, for that. Connolly is the one who convinced Trump, uh, pardon me, Trump uh, convinced Nixon to do it. It was designed to deal with inflation. It was a horrific mistake. Nixon's presidency is certainly not without its blemishes. So it was interesting to hear Roger Stone share that that um, polite and subtle but explicit criticism of, of Nixon uh, with a little prodding, just given that, you know, he's got a tattoo of the man on the back of his neck. But, you know, if you look at our problems and a lot of the problems that the left complain about today, for lack of a better term, a lot of the problems that are actually sort of their platform issues, things like wealth gaps, disparities among different racial minorities in income, education, standard of living, disparities among genders in terms of financial well-being, a lot of the problems that we're seeing today, insurmountable debt, student debt, employment, but underemployment, right? So, so people have jobs, but you know, they might have a bachelor's degree and, and still be busing tables. These problems really kind of, they, they go back to bringing us off of the gold standard. Inflation is the reason that Millennials have lived with their parents until they're almost 30. A lot of people think that it's a difference in the way that kids were raised, and there, there is some truth to that. But I honestly think that it's just because it's incredibly expensive for someone to live on their, uh, on their own. It takes longer to save up the money to make a down payment on a, payment on a house or 
young people are saddled with much more debt than they used to be. People didn't used to take out tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans. You used to be able to pay for college with a minimum wage job, frankly. And while the left proclaims that everyone deserves a living wage, their policies and programs continue to perpetuate an inflation that makes a living wage impossible to earn, especially for a young person. So next up, we're going to talk a little bit more about inflation and the implications that it's had on our society and how we might be able to combat it to fix the problems that we're having in America, in our economy, to beat the globalists and their effort to buy us out. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Folks, we saw it in the 70s with the hyperinflation immediately following the separation of the dollar from the gold standard. And all sorts of things began to change at that time. We saw minority communities, which traditionally had successful nuclear families, right? These were people that were able to make ends meet, but very modestly. We saw them sort of fall apart and crumble. When inflation hits 10% or 15% or 20% and money becomes impossible to get because the interest rates are too high, the people who suffer first are working class Americans. Or those who are on the cusp of poverty, those who are middle class but just barely middle class, those who are lower middle class, those are the most vulnerable, those are the ones who are hit first, the people who are living paycheck to paycheck. And when suddenly everything becomes 10% or 15% or 20% more expensive, but we don't see any increase in income, then families who are getting by now live in a status of desperation. This sort of financial pressure put on families leads to things like divorce or instead of one parent having to work, both parents have to work, right? And when both parents have to work, there's less time spent with the kids. So there's a dependence on the public education system at a younger and younger age to take the kids. And we've really seen since the 70s a generation of Americans raised by the state as a result of inflation. And when things get particularly desperate, people turn to crime. And I'm not condoning crime. An explanation is not an excuse. But if you have to choose between feeding your family and not feeding your family, things become very difficult in terms of what you are morally willing to tolerate and what behaviors you are willing to do in order to ensure the health and safety of your family. And as we see an increase in crime, we see an increase in incarceration. And as we see an increase in incarceration, we see an increase in juvenile crime. And then we see lower and lower graduation rates, lower and lower educational performance, which of course leads to lower and lower socioeconomic performance. And ultimately, if you reverse engineer the place that we are, 
with the inflation that we've experienced really since the 70s at both the fault of the Republicans and the Democrats. We can see that many of our discrepancies or disparities, our socioeconomic injustices, this inequity that the left claims is a a product of racism, has actually been a product of bad economic policy. The very entitlements that are promised to protect the rights and lives of the most vulnerable among us only serve to increase the problem. Because in order to fund such entitlements, the government has to sell treasuries to the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve, in order to buy and loan this money to the government, has to print it. And every time they print it, it becomes more worthless. And so ironically, we have this situation in which the leftists proclaim publicly that they care about the minority communities among us, the most vulnerable among us, and that they are the party for the policies that can actually establish justice. And not just equality of opportunity for the most vulnerable among us, but equality of outcome now too. Of course, the irony being that these policies actually perpetuate the problem, which makes sense that the Democrats would do this because while on the face they can proclaim their own heroism for the vulnerable among us and establish more political power and political pull, they can simultaneously perpetuate the very problems that manifest as their platform. What incentive... Does any political party, particularly the leftists, the Democrats, what incentive does the Democratic Party have to actually solve the problems that it runs on? What happens when the platform is no longer relevant? We saw this with gay rights in the United States. The left, of course, advocated gay rights much earlier than anyone on the right, most on the right. There were libertarians on the right that you know always advocated for gay rights. But once gay marriage was legalized nationally, the Supreme Court, I believe, ruled on it. 2011, 2012, you have to get my, I don't know my facts on that one. About 10 years ago. And once the court ruled on that, it was like, all right, now what? <laughs> and now we see this sort of radicalization of the left in that space. So since the platform for gay rights has become irrelevant. We've seen the advocacy for, for, for drag shows with kids, the advocacy for grooming and gender studies and in, 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 in this confusion for, for prepubescent kids and hormone therapies and pharmaceutical companies are making a killing. Now we see the shift go more and more radical as these problems are solved. And so frankly, we've seen, that the more the Democrats do to actually address their platforms, the more problems they create for themselves because the more ridiculous their platform must then become. And so ultimately, we have seen the exploitation of inflation by the left because the more they spend, the more they appear to be needed by their base, which of course is a recursive problem, right? It's a downward spiral. The more they do, the more they're needed, the more they're needed, the more they do, until finally the dollar is worth nothing. And this income disparity between the wealthiest in America and the poorest in America is often used as a tool to criticize capitalism. The left says 
it is corporate greed or the greed of billionaires or the exploitation of the millionaire or billionaire class or the business class that has resulted in income discrepancies between the wealthiest and the poorest among us. But what they criticize is not really capitalism, but fascism. Capitalism does not catalyze such disparities, perhaps some, but not to this extent. What does is the political industrial complex. What does is the likes of Nancy Pelosi perpetuating inflation with her policies or with the bills that she signs or with the programs that she advocates while simultaneously investing in stocks with insider knowledge or having her husband do so in order to grow her portfolio greater than any honest investor or any normal working class American investor could possibly do without insider knowledge. What we see is as inflation gets worse and worse, as the dollar gets weaker and weaker, we see the stock market explode. Those who have enough money to put in the market make exorbitant gains, while those who only have enough to get by, to squeak by, to barely pay their rent or their mortgage or for their groceries or for their gas, they can't invest in the market. So they can't see the gains of this inflation. And so ultimately what we have happen is the poorest among us collapse and when the collapse happens the prices plummet and when the prices plummet the political class buys everything klaus schwab famously said through the world economic forum that you will own nothing and be happy he said that we'll rent everything that we need well if we're renting it then that means that someone owns it So when he's saying you will own nothing and be happy, he's not saying we're all going to own nothing and be happy. He's saying you will own nothing and be happy and rent from me and my cronies because we will own everything. I want you guys to check out The Great Reset by Alex Jones. This book is on Amazon for pre-order right now. And there's two things that I want you to do for America. The first thing I want you to do is go to InfoWarsStore.com and I want you to buy a signed copy, a piece of history, so that you have something in your home that says that you are an InfoWarrior, that you are a soldier in the Army of the Awakened, that you did your part. And then what I want you to do is I want you to go on Amazon and I want you to pre-order a copy of it there too for friends and family because the more you order, the farther up the list it goes and the more exposure it gets so we can reawaken America and light a fire under every American's heart. Check it out. Sold out for more than six months. Our number one bestseller is now back in stock. Vitamin Mineral Fusion. All the minerals, all the vitamins, all the key amino acids to turbocharge your immune system and make your body as healthy as it can possibly be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our best-selling product because people love it. We first launched it four years ago. I was like, okay, it's another item. It's high-quality vitamins, minerals. Okay, great. People love it because it tastes great and they see the results. And it funds the info war. So sold out for more than six months, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is now back in stock for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off because I want you to experience it. I want you to get it. I want to move it out the door and hopefully get more in the future. But who knows with supply chain breakdowns, it may not happen. So get your Vitamin Mineral Fusion at InfoWarsStore.com today and keep InfoWars on the air. Vitamin Mineral Fusion, back in stock, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Vitamin Mineral Fusion. Frank in North Carolina, thanks for holding so long. Go ahead. Yeah, 
I just have to say something, man. It seems like every time I turn on your broadcast, you're bragging. It just gets old, man. I'm, I'm going to shut you down right now, okay? We're taking calls about your nomination. Do you understand they're having congressional hearings trying to shut us down? Do you understand I'm ringing the alarm? If that was happening to anybody else, I'd be freaked out. I mean, what's it going to take? Us being shut down? Is that what you want, Frank? You know what, Alex? Hey, it, put him on pause it, it, again. Hey, Frank! Do you understand it's not bragging to say we are the tip of the spear, we're under attack, we need your help? As much begging as I do, we can barely pay the bills and grow in the face of this. I'm not going to just stop growth and let them start pushing us backwards. You understand? I need your help, Frank! I need your help, Frank! Go to InfoWarsStore.com right now and help fund the InfoWars. Do you understand? I need your help, Frank. Free Press needs your help, Frank. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Right, folks. First... They censor you, then they financially cripple you, then they divide you, they own you. How does this all play out? How does this work as a strategy for the globalists? Well, we know throughout history that the more vulnerable a people are, the more susceptible they are to tyranny. The more susceptible they become to authoritarianism, despotism, exploitation. We saw this in the United States with the New Deal and FDR. A lot of people don't realize that the government actually seized all privately owned gold. I think it was in 1933. It was definitely under FDR during the Depression. The only gold you could keep was your wedding band, I believe. And of course, the Nazis came to power in Germany amidst a 30% unemployment rate. Desperation, radical inflation, where there were wheelbarrows and wheelbarrows of cash just to pay for a loaf of bread. People were using it, of course, as wallpaper and kindling for fire. So the more desperate people become financially, the more willing they are to sacrifice their rights in an effort to gain any relief that they can possibly get. The more desperate they become, the more they turn to the government or the state, to provide relief, safety, solutions, programs, anything. And so what we're seeing here in the United States is we're seeing perpetual inflation. Sometimes it's much worse than others. Right now, it's extraordinary. Frankly, I think that it's on purpose because I can't imagine the level of incompetence that would be required to do it on accident. And frankly, coming to power in this country in the face of 350 million people is something that's very difficult to do. You have to have some competence or you have to be surrounded by people with competence in order to accomplish that to some degree. Now, getting elected and governing are two different things that require two different but somewhat overlapping skill sets. But I don't believe that someone with the competence to get elected to the Senate or to Congress or with the competence to get into the White House, whether by legitimate means or not, can be incompetent enough to allow this to happen on accident. 
So I really think that this inflation is intentional. Why is it that we would shut off the, the development of the Keystone Pipeline 12 months before a Russian invasion of Ukraine? Why is it that so many increased regulatory measures are being thrown upon farmers throughout Europe in the face of a Ukraine that can't efficiently export food to the extent that it does? I mean, it's been called Europe's breadbasket. Why would you why would you make it harder to produce food or energy in the face of a food and energy crisis? Unless it's malice, right? And so as we see this desperation increase, we simultaneously see this onslaught of confusion and manipulation in terms of the narrative. So they financially cripple you, then they censor the truth, and then they perpetuate the lies. So I want to show you a clip, clip five, of the the strategy that we're seeing to confuse and manipulate Americans. Check it out. You write, there are tens of millions of Americans who aren't on the hard left or the hard right who feel the world has gone mad. So in what ways has the world gone mad? Well, you know, when you have the chief reporter on the beat of COVID for the New York Times talking about how questioning or pursuing the question of the lab leak is racist, the world has gone mad. When you're not able to say out loud and in public that there are differences between men and women, the world has gone mad. When we're not allowed to acknowledge that rioting is rioting and it is bad, and that silence is not violence, but violence is violence, the world has gone mad. When we're not able to say that Hunter Biden's laptop is a story worth pursuing, the world has gone mad. When, in the name of progress, young school children, as young as kindergarten, are being separated in public schools because of their race, and that is called progress rather than segregation, the world has gone mad. There mm. are dozens of examples that I could share with, with you and with and your you viewers. And you often say, you say aloud. Everyone sort of knows this. And you say we're not allowed, we're not able. Between, Who's the people stopping the conversation? Who are they? Um, people that work at networks, <laughs> frankly, like the one I'm speaking on right now, who try and claim that, you know, it was it was racist to investigate the lab leak theory. It was, but I mean, let's said just that take an CNN. example. But I'm just saying, that when you say aloud, I just think it's a provocative thing you say. You say, you say we're not allowed to talk about these things, but they're all over the Internet. Well, I can Google them. I Brian, can find them everywhere. I've heard about every story oh, you mentioned. So I'm just suggesting, of course, people are allowed to cover whatever they want to cover. But you and I both know, and it would be delusional to claim otherwise, that touching your finger to an increasing number of subjects that have been deemed third rail by the mm. mainstream institutions and increasingly by some of the tech companies will lead to reputational damage, perhaps you losing your job, um, your children sometimes being demonized as well. And so what happens is a kind of internal self-censorship. This mm. is something that I saw over and over again when I was at the New York Times. So what we're seeing is the perpetuation of doublethink, doublespeak, whatever you want to call it, where you're being financially crippled and made as vulnerable as possible, and you're faced with explicit censorship, but not only explicit censorship, but censorship in conjunction with the perpetuation 
of a narrative that doesn't really make any logical sense at all, a conflicting narrative, a narrative of contradiction, right? Where silence is violence, but violence isn't actually violence, like Barry said. And in the face of this financial vulnerability and this self-censorship catalyzed by a concerted effort at a propaganda narrative, we have a situation in which people are incredibly vulnerable and confused. And when one is vulnerable and confused, one becomes malleable. And this is the foundation of the next step. Which is, to, which is to divide Americans against one another. Let's take a look at this clip before break. Clip number 24 about division. What they want to do is divide us based on our immutable characteristics. And, you know, I've been told that I need to have a certain opinion because I'm black or mixed race or brown or whatever they want to label me as. But my whole point is, if we want to get to a point of diversity and inclusion and equality, these words that they throw around without actually having any meaning, if we want to get to a point of that, surely it shouldn't matter what color your skin is, you should have the diversity of thought and opinion. I have mostly conservative views. That should be acceptable. I shouldn't have to have left-wing liberal views just because my skin color is brown. Because to me, that is the racism. That is prescribing a, a, a politics and an opinion on someone based on how they look. <laughs> That's very old-fashioned racist thinking. But the hardcore left, the, the hard left, have taken the mentality of the far right, and they don't even realize it. In the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and why leftism always leads to globalism. Stay tuned. Check it out. InfoWars has been vindicated. We've been proven right. World government, the new world order is out in the open. And now more than ever, the forces of Satan are trying to shut down this broadcast. The forces of anti-human, godless new world order are out of control. So now realize, we have pushed them out in the light, we have pushed them out in the open, and they are so upset and they are so scared. So while you still can, because any day can be our last broadcast, spread the word about the show, share the articles, share the videos, and please fund us. We'll get great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. Books, films, t-shirts, great supplements, vitamin mineral fusion, body cells and turmeric formula, Ultra 12, Diet Force, so much more right now at InfoWarsStore.com. But whatever you do, pray for justice and pray for freedom and pray for the children and pray for free speech and justice to win. Thank you so much for joining us. Now spread the word, my friends. We're involved in an epic, historic battle. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. You're listening to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked about how they are inflating you to financial vulnerability. They are censoring you to keep the truth hidden. Then they are lying and propagandizing you in order to confuse you, make you malleable. And now they are dividing you against one another. They are trying to convince Republican voters that all the problems in the United States are a result of Democratic voters, while simultaneously claiming or perpetuating the notion among Democratic voters that all the problems in America are a result of Republican voters. 
thus dividing the two halves of the American working class against one another. They are trying to perpetuate the notion that all the problems the white community face faces don't even actually exist. They're trying to say that white people don't have any problems at all, which of course embitters the white population in the United States. And then among the black population, they're trying to claim and manipulate that population to believing that all the problems that exist for them are a result of bigotry or racism or injustice or inequality. Everyone is being turned against everyone in this country when the real culprit for all of the problems in the United States is the political class, the political industrial complex, which is run by either those who are corrupt on the right or those who are corrupt on the left. What's really interesting about this is that leftism among the political industrial complex is really a more robust philosophy, right? Political corruption catalyzes leftism because leftism is the continuous increase in the size, scope, and power of the government in conjunction with the continuous reduction in the liberties of the individual. At the same time, there is a certain inevitability of leftism that not a lot of people are talking about because we are raised to think of America as a sovereign nation. We're raised to think of ourselves culturally as sovereign individuals. So we tend, as Americans, to think about our politicians and their policies as they affect us. But if you look at the long-term outcome of leftism, you can see that globalism is inevitable. There can be no perpetual leftism without globalism because Marxism, which is the foundation of leftism, and I use the term leftism on purpose because there's a difference between being a Democrat and a leftist. All leftists are Democrats, but not all Democrats are leftists, for example. But this Marxism is a system and a philosophy of exploitation. It's one that claims exploitation is the foundation of our problems, and it's a philosophy that uses exploitation in order to perpetuate its own power. It actually becomes the very thing that it criticizes. But this Marxism, if we look at it throughout history and its manifestation as communism, we see that globalism is inevitable because... No Marxist system is self-sustaining. It is not a system that produces, but a system that takes or leeches or exploits, right? In the instance of the Soviet Union, we saw an inevitable collapse once expansion became impossible. In the instance of North Korea, we see that it leans on China like a drunk brother, and that China itself, which has established itself as exploiting the United States, has its eyes on Taiwan for further exploitation. Really, a capitalist society, an individualist society, is the only society that can be self-sustaining and therefore the only society or philosophy that is conducive to national sovereignty because you don't need to exploit any external sources Nations, individuals, resources, whatever, 
in a capitalist system. It is internally productive. Wealth and production grow within a capitalist system. But within a leftist system, there was continual inflation. There is continual expense. There is continual exploitation. There is lack of incentive. There's just as much greed in a leftist situation as there is in a capitalist situation. Milton Friedman famously said, do you think people aren't greedy in Russia? When he was asked about greed and capitalism. And the point that I'm trying to make here is that the reason the left is so anti-patriotic, so anti-American, so anti-national sovereignty is because they know that globalism is necessary to perpetuate the power of the political industrial complex, the political class, and that in order for leftism to work, they cannot simply consume the resources, the power, the wealth from within its own system. They have to expand. I mean, why else would the leftists advocate for such harsh environmental and climate change policies for American businesses or American manufacturing or American consumers? But yet we don't hear one criticism from the left about the plastic being dumped into the ocean by the Chinese Communist Party. When the leftists pollute, no problem. But when the capitalists do anything that could potentially kill the fly off the back of an elephant at the zoo, suddenly it requires an exorbitant amount of regulation to address. And so what we're seeing here is really the political class versus the American class. And because of the nature of Marxism and leftism, we are seeing a political class that is more and more leftist without empowering any sort of right-wing philosophy. And the more and more leftist the system becomes, the more and more globalist it then must become to the point where there will be a conglomeration of power in this country. There will be a conglomeration of power in this world. And ultimately, that's the goal because the only thing that those in power are concerned with is either growing their power or maintaining their power. The only thing that keeps the political industrial complex, the political class up at night, is the thought of losing power, which is why they hated Trump so much. And the only way they can guarantee the sustainability of their position, their power, is by increasing the vulnerability of their people, the dependence of their people on them, and the programs that they generate through the government. And the conglomeration of power so that it's virtually impossible for any outside force to come in and threaten the power that they have established. They advocate democracy time and time again. But I can think of no greater cause of tyranny than democracy. They empower the mob because they know that the mob will always vote for greater and greater government services. And they know that the greater government services become, the greater their power becomes the more vulnerable and dependent the people become, which ensures the perpetuation of their status as political leaders, as the kings among us. They have not replaced God with the state, but they have become gods in their own minds. And the nature of God is omnipotence. So they seek ultimate power, never-ending power.
The inevitable outcome of leftism is globalism. And the only way to fight it is to understand the importance of national sovereignty, to believe in your country above all others, to proclaim America first, America always. This is the populist movement. This is populist patriotism. This was the strength of the MAGA movement. It was the power behind Trump and his campaign and his presidency. Never forget only path your self-actualization your freedom your happiness your prosperity is national sovereignty american sovereignty don't let the leftists sneak in to global power fight the good fight and come back next segment we're going to talk a little bit about what you can do in the war the answer to 1984 is 1776 InfoWars has been banned. Arrested. Attacked and threatened. Because we are effective. The Great Awakening is here. Go to band.video. Download the videos and share. Support the information war at InfoWarsStore.com. And never give up the fight. InfoWars.com. InfoWars has been vindicated. We've been proven right. World government, the new world order is out in the open. And now more than ever, the forces of Satan are trying to shut down this broadcast. The forces of anti-human, godless New World Order are out of control. So now realize, we have pushed them out in the light, we have pushed them out in the open, and they are so upset and they are so scared. So while you still can, because any day can be our last broadcast, spread the word about the show, share the article, share the videos, and please fund us. We'll get great products at the same time at InfoWarsStore.com. Books, films, t-shirts, great supplements, vitamin mineral fusion, body cells and turmeric formula, Ultra 12, Diet Force, so much more right now at InfoWarsStore.com. But whatever you do, pray for justice and pray for freedom and pray for the children and pray for free speech and justice to win. Thank you so much for joining us. Now spread the word, my friends. We're involved in an epic, historic battle. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. as an American do win the info war to win the war really just for the country and I spent a lot of time thinking about this and for a long time I wanted to be a voice that could persuade the other side to switch to change I naively believed that it was possible to sit down and have a rational conversation with Democrats or with the left, and upon airing all grievances, 
explaining all points, backing up all facts or claims. Any reasonable person would, of course, come over to the right side. Any reasonable person would abandon leftism or populism or patriotism or individualism. Any reasonable person would leave the left or the right or the libertarian side. Any reasonable person would choose America first, would choose individuals first. But what has been proven time and time again is that no matter how brilliant a person is, no, no matter how good-intentioned a person is, human beings are not geared to change their minds by external persuasion. Everyone's changed their mind. I've had my mind changed throughout my life on a number of pivotal issues, whether it's religious beliefs or political beliefs or what I want to do with my career or who I wanted to be in a relationship with. But every time that my mind has been changed in a fundamental, meaningful way, it's always come from external experiences and internal reflection, not external persuasion, but life experience on the outside and internal speculation or introspection. And so when we think about that fact of human nature in the context of the info war or the war for America or the army of the awakened, in the context of this battle versus individuals versus globalists, individualism versus globalism, national sovereignty versus globalism, the American class versus the political class. Rather than endeavoring to change the minds of opposition, we should focus our time, our efforts, our energy on empowering those programs, systems, people, institutions that rally the base. We need to inspire those among us who are on our side, who are on the side of America, but know not what to do or feel hopeless. Because we can convince a hopeless person that there is hope, but we cannot convince a leftist that individual sovereignty is a superior philosophy, is a more just philosophy. Rather than winning the logical argument in vain, we have to win the hearts and the minds and inspire the base. I want to show you a clip from a conversation I had with Steve Bannon. This is clip three, supposed to be in the last segment, where he tells me a little bit about his thoughts on changing minds. But I would like to be the, the type of, of, of voice that can change minds, not just, not just rally the base. And it seems to be almost impossible to do. I think when you say change minds, I don't think you can talk it through. I think you have to show people the evidence. It's the difference between, it's one of the things I try to do at Breitbart, and I try to do in the war room. It's a difference between opinion and actually news. Over time, facts, they're lived experience. You want to change people's minds? Make sure you get them the information they need for their own lived experience. Yeah. Who's going to change people's mind is the people themselves. Nobody's going to talk. You're not going to talk people into. You're not going to argue this through. It's not about argument. It's not about debate. We're not going to. This is not a debating society. When I started my podcast just a little over a year ago, it was something that I did sort of out of a desperate place, a desperate hopelessness. I felt as one American that 
my vote, which may or may not even be counted properly, was not enough. I was not satisfied with being one of 160 million people to just leave my fate and the fate of this country in the hands of the political class and only spend an hour in line a year or every two years or every four years casting a vote. And so I asked myself, what can I do? And I still ask myself that question every day because I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing enough. I, wish I, could, I, I just wish I could do more. I wish there was some sort of leader, some guidance as to what needs to be done, some orders that I could follow, or, or just, just I wish there was a clear blueprint for, for how to save America, right? How to save America one-on-one. And so I started this podcast, One American Podcast, and I started building my Twitter following at Real Chase Geyser, and I started having guests on, influencers that I agreed with, people who believe in America, regardless of whether they're even Americans. Many of my guests have been up from overseas. And that is going to be my continued effort in places like InfoWars or my podcast. My continued effort is going to be to rally the base, not to persuade the opposition, but to empower the Americans with even the smallest ounce of America in their hearts. And that's why it's really important for you as a listener. Not everybody can start a podcast. Not everybody has the time or the money to start a political action committee or develop following or influencers or to learn how to edit videos or to make memes. But it's important for you to find something even small, something you can contribute. You know, I like the parable. It's not even a parable. It's just a story uh, of the... um, Poor person, the poor, I think it was a poor woman who gave a penny at the temple in front of Jesus. And he said that she gave more than the wealthy man because she gave all she had. Not about how much you give, it's about how much of yourself you give. And so I want to show you this next clip that may inspire you because it inspired me when it happened. This is clip four of what Bannon told me about how individual Americans can make a difference. Check it out. How can individual Americans, how can I, Chase Geyser, actually feel like I can make an impact and, and change You're making this? an impact right now. Everybody can get engaged. Everybody can get involved. And, and, and people say, oh, if, you know, if, if I was in the revolution, I'd be at Saratoga and I would be at Valley Forge or if it was the Civil War, I'd be right there at the wall at Gettysburg or World War II, I'd be storming the beaches of Normandy. Well, hold it. You can be that. Look at you. You start a show with absolutely nothing and you have thousands and thousands of listeners and you have force multipliers that send your content out. The reason I saw or even know who you are is that I I was somebody in my feed started sending me clips of your show and I said this is an interesting guy so everybody can do that you not just have a podcast you can get engaged you can become a school we're taking over school boards we're taking over canvassing boards we're taking over election boards uh, we're taking over medical boards now people are running that never even thought about it for town councils and county commissioners and state be state representatives now is the age of engagement we're building an army of the awakened Now is the age of engagement. We're building an army of the awakened. And like I said, it's not about how much you give. It's about how much you give of yourself. We talked today about inflation, which is financially crippling Americans, basically dissolving the middle class. We talked about censorship, 
which is science, silencing the truth and inspiring fear in the hearts of people who know the truth because those who dare to speak it seem to be met with nothing but cruel opposition. We went from economic hardship and inflation to censorship to the division that we see being catalyzed by leftists among Americans in an effort to empower leftist political class to a globalist ultimatum. And so if you're sick of prices constantly going up at a greater pace than your income or your retirement, then consider going to InfoWarsStore.com and buying the Great Reset or just contributing $1, $5, $10, whatever you can. We give a little bit every month, my wife and I. If you're sick of being lied to and being censored, go to InfoWarsStore.com. If you're sick of being pitted against your neighbor and your neighbor being pitted against you, go to InfoWarsStore.com. If you're sick of the political class coming after you, your family, your wealth, and your future, go to InfoWarsStore.com. If you're sick of globalists telling you that you will own nothing and be happy, go to InfoWarsStore.com. Give what you can of yourself. Let's win the war for America. Thank you. Sold out for more than six months. Our number one bestseller is now back in stock. Vitamin Mineral Fusion. All the minerals, all the vitamins, all the key amino acids to turbocharge your immune system and make your body as healthy as it can possibly be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our best-selling product because people love it. We first launched it four years ago. I was like, okay, it's another item. It's high-quality vitamins, minerals. Okay, great. People love it because it tastes great and they see the results. And it funds the info war. So sold out for more than six months, Vitamin Mineral Fusion is now back in stock for a limited time at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off because I want you to experience it. I want you to get it. I want to move it out the door and hopefully get more in the future. But who knows with supply chain breakdowns, it may not happen. So get your Vitamin Mineral Fusion at InfoWarsStore.com today and keep InfoWars on the air. Vitamin Mineral Fusion, back in stock, 40% off at InfoWarsStore.com. Vitamin Mineral Fusion.